Hello, hello, hello from wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is a, another edition of The Rambler and the Gambler, week 12. We're at Thanksgiving ready, Dan. Welcome. Welcome yeah. back to the show. Guess who's back? <laughs> back this week. Hopefully it, with better picks than last week, but uh, good to be back. Had to take a little sabbatical there for a moment, but uh, looking to get back on track after a one and two weekend last weekend. Shout out to Ryan for taking care of things in my absence. It's a good, it was a good listen. Listen to you guys. Yeah, thanks. We uh, we tried to put on a show for the audience. Let us be the first to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Uh, when you're listening to this, it probably will be Thanksgiving. So I would say early, but it will probably just be the day of, or maybe after, depending on when you listen. But um, before we jump into the games this week, let's uh, talk a little bit about what we learned. From last week's game, so uh, I think we can both agree that game of the week last week was uh, Sunday night with the Chiefs-Raiders uh, back and forth shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, what was your biggest takeaway from the game? That, um, it, I mean, it, it's kind of like, I'm not going to sit here and compare the two defenses because I know KC can play better than that, but it reminded me of the Seattle Seahawks early on in the season. If Mahomes doesn't put up the the numbers like Russ does, they're not going to win. You know, I was completely unimpressed with the way the defense looked. I mean, they gave up a touchdown on the first drive of the game to the Raiders, and it was really just back and forth from there. They just could never get a stop. This was one of my best bets. I believe it was my parlay. No, it was not my parlay. Did not win because I don't think the Chiefs, you know, had more than a four-point lead at any point in the game because the Raiders jumped out first. Chiefs would score, then the Raiders would score again, so it was kind of like playing catch-up. I was really surprised that Mahomes threw an interception um, with less than a minute left in the red zone when they looked like they were going to go down and take the lead at halftime. Um, he's got two interceptions this year, both to the Raiders, so... Um, I think that uh, Stevie Spaggs needs to tighten up the defensive effort a little bit if they have uh, hopes of uh, making a deep playoff run and repeating. But, I mean, the offensive talent on that team is just unreal. Mahomes makes it look so easy. You know, Kelsey's a stud. Tyree Kill, the other guys. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been a huge addition, uh, you know, off the draft board uh, from LSU this year. And they just continue to keep on keep on humming. So um, I'm not overly concerned with them, but I do think they need to tighten up things on the defense. Yeah, it's interesting because what kind of made them hit their stride last year was that defense, and uh, obviously, you know, maybe the Raiders are just a bad matchup for them, but uh, I haven't been overly impressed by the Chiefs' defense. Uh, I'll talk about the Raiders for a second. I've gotten a lot wrong recently, <laughs> and specifically this year, and specifically And at last least you're week, mad enough to admit last that. Last week. <laughs> However, there were two things about this game that made me appear smart, uh, which is a rarity these days, so I'll take a second to gloat. A couple of weeks ago, I said that Mahomes was going to win the MVP, and now he is the hands-down favorite at, like, minus 120. Mm-hmm. Uh, when just, like, two weeks ago, Russell Wilson was still the favorite. I don't know what the exact odds were, but Russell Wilson was the favorite. And I think Mahomes was maybe plus 350-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of goes to show you, and I think Ryan and I touched on this last week, you know, generally when you get that hot start candidate, you know, it's a long season. It doesn't seem like a long season as we're already in week 12, but it's a long season and obviously a lot can change. But I think that's a uh, a good comparison with the all offense, no defense um, 
Seahawks Chiefs comparison. Yeah. And the other thing that it, I appear and I'm going to say that I'm right about was I said that the Raiders would be a frisky playoff team and uh, if the playoffs started today, I'm pretty sure this would be that 2-7 matchup. So mm-hmm. uh, probably not a team that the Chiefs want to see in the playoffs. No. Uh, you know, obviously you got the split, but not not easy. So Yeah. Uh, the defensive letdown has only been of late. I mean, they gave up 40 to the Raiders when they lost the first time in the second week of October. Right. Um, but then, you know, every other game this year, I'm looking at now, 20 points, 20, 20. They gave up 10. They gave up 17, 16, but um, they gave up 31 to the Panthers and 31 to the Raiders. And now they're going down to Tampa where, you know, you would imagine that the Bucks are going to put up some points. You know, they're they're a little hot and cold lately. We'll get to them later, I'm sure. But, um, you know, you'd, you'd expect that they're going to want a better effort this week or else, uh, you know, the Bucks are going to run it up on them as well. Yeah. All right. Other big storyline from last week was, uh, unfortunately, bad news that Joe Burrow uh, has Ugh. apparently torn his ACL, MCL, and also has structural damage to his knee. So he's going to need uh, reconstruction to that knee on yeah. top of, obviously, the uh, uh, surgeries on the ligaments. So, I'm sure Alex Smith has already reached out. <laughs> yeah. Real unfortunate, you know, uh, he was having... About as good as a year you could have with the uh, Bengals and that O-line. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously they move on without him. They'll probably be drafted in the top five again. And, you know, you just hope that he comes back next year. I bet Herbert's odds jumped way up after he went down. It's funny you say that. Uh, the gambler in me immediately said, how can I... Uh, Take advantage of this, yes. someone else's misfortune? <laughs> well, not immediately, but the thought definitely crossed my mind. So, mm-hmm. I, looked up, so I looked up Justin Herbert for Rookie of the Year. Minus 900. Hmm. Uh, if it was like minus 350, you know, I might lay that because it's, you know, but minus 900. I mean, God, what if Justin Herbert goes down this year so or this week? So yeah. I, well, there's always two of sniffing around, although he didn't look so hot last weekend either. So And plus he's only played, what, three games? Yeah. And then the other thing I tried to take advantage of was uh, I know the Bengals are playing the Giants this week and I'm pretty sure the look-ahead line on that was the Giants were plus two. So obviously the Bengals were favored. And now the Giants are laying five and a half and five, five and a half, maybe six in some places. So that's starting to climb. So I uh, couldn't get on either of those. But you I know. think it was the only time during the season or ever that I heard you say this weekend, I'm, I'm hammering Washington. I'm hammering the Washington line. And I'm like, wow, what was the last time you ever heard that you'd say you'd be backing Washington multiple times in well, a game? But. Well, Ryan Finley is probably not a top 45 quarterback. He's as bad as it gets. In this league, which is why he's not starting on Sunday. I was going to uh, say Sunday, that. So, uh, I mean, the Bengals should just draft O-linemen. I don't know where they're going to end up drafting, but tackle, guard, first, second picks. You know, uh, I feel like they got enough talent on the outside. You know, hopefully Mixon comes back. Their defense, you know, that needs work too. But if this guy's going to be your future in your franchise, you need to protect them. Otherwise, going to end up like Andrew Luck and, uh, you know, yeah, the joy of the game will be sucked out of it. I hear you. Speaking of Tua, mm. he got benched. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised at that, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, the guy had only come in the two... This was his third game or his fourth game? It was his fourth game. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was 3-0, and and he had the he had a chance to be the first quarterback since Roethlisberger in 4 First rookie quarterback to win his first four starts. I remember them talking about that. So, 
I mean, listen, the Broncos are the Broncos. Denver is a tough place to play. And, like, you always feel like you're going to get a good effort from Denver, especially when they're at home. You know, they don't always win, but... Um, yeah, he didn't. He didn't look so great. I can't even pull up his stats here because the the best stats of the day were Ryan Fitzpatrick twelve for eighteen for hundred seventeen yards and a pick. So you know it was less than that. But um, I mean, listen, the first couple of games he was uh, either at home or in a good environment. Denver is a uh, Denver's a tough place to play. So uh, you know they they do defense and uh, and ground and pound pretty well there, and um, you know. He, he he realized that he wasn't playing in the SEC anymore. So, who what were the games he played? I know the first game was against the Rams, which uh, everything kind of went right for him in that game. Yeah, the Rams. I, I, he had, oh, the Cardinal game. He had very pedestrian stats in the Rams game, although they did win because Jared Goff had the uh, as Kevin calls it the the uh, Goff face the Goff face where you kind of know after the first series if they're gonna win the game or not. We'll get into that maybe another time. But, uh, yeah, the next week he put up 34 against the Cardinals, D, and then the week after that, 29 against the Chargers, D. Yeah, so I feel like it's a little smoke and mirrors because if you dive deeper, there was a lot of defensive touchdowns, special teams touchdowns, or defensive turnovers, and they had to drive, you know, 20 Mm -hmm. yards or less for a touchdown. So, I don't know. I didn't bet this. This seemed to be the obvious bet of the week because I think they're only a a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Denver, and obviously Denver hasn't been playing. But, you know... It goes to that the more you know, or the more you think you know, the less you actually do know. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't like Denver. I definitely didn't like Miami. Obviously, like I said, I stayed away from it. But I'm not surprised, and I don't think it's pushed the panic button, but he looked like a rookie. Yeah. He didn't have the you know laundry list of benefits that he had in the past week. And not taking anything away from him, that's that's great. You know, the team's well-coached. They're well-prepared. Made yeah. plays on defense and special teams as part of the game. But, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do this week when they play the Jets. And if he struggles this week, that's obviously a little bit more of an alarm or a red flag. Yeah, last week was one of those weeks where uh, I feel like whatever I did, at least myself, uh, the opposite was happening. You know, I figured, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, I, I had the Vikings, I'm like, oh, after the way they looked against the Bears, they're going to go down and they're going to shut down the Cowboys. And what do the Cowboys do? They put up 31, so... Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of games last weekend that, uh, you know, that didn't go the way that I thought they were going to go. It was kind of like that wake up weekend, like, Hey, sports gambling's not easy. Um, and yeah, I think everybody expected the Dolphins to win, especially the way that they had been playing. But again, going on the road against the Denver defense that, you know, I mean, their head coach, for God's sakes, Vic Fangio used to be a defensive coordinator. So, you know, that's the kind of the route or the, uh, which kind of explains why they haven't had any decent quarterbacks since Peyton Manning retired either. Although John Elway, the GM, is an all-time Hall of Fame quarterback. So anyway, I digress. So yeah, Tua, tough week. Get back on the saddle, kid. Yeah, it's, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, two weeks ago, I was talking about how I thought everything was becoming clear. and you know, <laughs> Just when you think. Last week kind of set everything back. Speaking of obvious bets, uh... Saints-Falcons game. One of my best ones. <laughs> you know, I looked at that initially, and I was, I was like, I like the Falcons. Then it came out Drew Brees wasn't going to play. And I'm like, now I really like the Falcons because I trust Jameis to throw interceptions and put his team in exactly. a hole. And, when and then we- it came out that 
Taysom, Taysom was start play. on Saturday, right? Or Friday? It was after I had recorded my picks and after you had done the pod. Yeah, which was Which Thursday changes night. everything. If you told me Taysom was going to be the starter from the get-go, I'd probably stay See, away from that game. I still, I still liked it. What I didn't like was, you know, we were just talking about obvious pick. Like, I listened to my fair share of, uh, you know, podcasts, sports media, whatever, websites, ESPN, mm-hmm. Colin Coward, you know, whoever, right? The media and from a variety of sources, and I couldn't find one person to pick the Saints. Now, like, aren't the Saints the best team in the NFC? And they were only laying four, five, five. It got down to four. I think it got down to three and a half by kickoff. It did. It did. And I'm like, uh, this this concerns me that like mm-hmm. everyone is on the Falcons with me, right? Because and it's always. But we gave the stats. The Falcons had just come off three out of four wins in a row after they fired Quinn. Now you got Jameis, who came in the week before. Your, your Hall of Fame franchise quarterback goes down. I mean, all signs were pointing to the Falcons should win that game or at least keep it close and cover. And this is why there's so much parity in the NFL. I think the Falcons beat the Saints last year on Thanksgiving, which was, you know, the night game at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, we talk about this every week. It's a, it's a zigzag League, whenever things are going in one direction, yeah. i.e. the Falcons playing better, the Dolphins playing better, then they come out and lay an egg. Maybe I should have listened to a couple more people like you did because I usually try to make my decisions for myself. But if one of my golden rule things is if everybody's going one way, you usually try to go the other because yeah. something's in the water. And, uh, you know, I made that pick earlier on in the week. It was before Taysom Hill was announced as the starter. And uh, it obviously came back and, and screwed us, or screwed me over at least. I know that that was one of my best bets and something I actually threw real money on. And, you know, just sitting there watching Matt Ryan and Julio and Calvin Ridley and, like, I'm thinking, come on, guys, you're, you're in a dome. I mean, I know it's not your dome, but it's it's still a dome that's right. in the south, not too far away Flame from. every year. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, you're there at least once a year. And, like, nine points, you couldn't even score a freaking touchdown? Like, come on. Young, young Way Koo had himself a day, though. He was kicking field goals all over the place. Yeah. Let's uh let's stay in the NFC. We talked about both these teams already briefly. Uh, Rams Bucks. I thought that was a good game. I thought this was another game that a lot of people were on the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And you know my anti Rams positions. So. But you did text me early on, and you said Jared's got that look in his eye. Uh, they're gonna win this one. Okay, let's not let's not call it the eye of the tiger i said he looks comfortable <laughs> i said you had that look he, he looks comfortable back there and you know i kind of anticipated the bucks to get pressure and i think you know that was kind of the narrative that goff doesn't do well with pressure bucks have a good d bucks are at home monday night football Rams traveling east yet again and you know everything points to the bucks i didn't bet this game but nor did i Bucks are very up and down. I think you said it earlier. Absolutely. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they play against the Chiefs this weekend. The first sign you saw that the Bucks were struggling was when the Giants almost beat them. Well, let's not sell the Giants short. They've been playing better yeah. in general. They're 7-3 against the spread, so they've obviously been exceeding expectations. But, I mean, when the Packers are undefeated and they head down to Tampa and Tampa lays a whooping on them 38-10, you're thinking, okay, I mean, at that point, they had only lost one game, which was to the Saints on opening weekend, and then they had just rattled off. We'll Actually, through. I'm sorry, I lied. They lost to the Bears, too, and Brady forgot how many downs there were in football, which made me smile. Which We'll get to the Packers in a second, but... You know, we, Ryan and I talked about this last week, and we'll touch on it in a little bit later in the pod about um, 
the NFC and kind of, and we've talked about it too, but Ryan and I talked about it again last week about how every team's kind of got flaws Mm -hmm. and it's kind of tough to see, you know, who could be coming out of the NFC. Right. And maybe I'm just not willing to admit it, but maybe the Rams are going to make the playoffs. Well, no, I I think they're going to make the playoffs. Maybe the Rams are, uh, you know, a good team. They've already beaten um, Seattle. They're in first place in their division. They just beat the Bucks in Tampa. And, you know, the other team I was kind of waiting to see fade was the Saints, and they just keep winning. And I think I said this last week that I think the Drew Brees injury could be a blessing in disguise, that he gets a couple weeks off. Because, you know, I, I said this to you two weeks ago that my concern was that, you know, he would start to um, fade down the stretch because he's obviously in his 40s now. Yeah. But, you know, with these couple weeks off could be a blessing in disguise the Rams get the, I'm sorry if the uh, Saints get that number one seed they get that extra week off as well which yeah. will be an advantage to everyone else so you know maybe the Saints and the Rams obviously that classic no pass interference call NFC championship yeah, yeah, game yeah. could be the two teams and you know I've just been waiting on other teams like the Packers and the Eagles to, to come around and you know yeah, but Goff looked pretty comfortable. I mean, his completion percentage was great. He was 39 for 51. He had 376 yards on the road. That was the other uh, narrative that they lost their left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, and that Goff would be under pressure. And sure enough, the Rams just come out and... Yeah, just he was just chucking. Cooper was his boy that night with a buck 45. My God, his over-under for the game I looked at was 61 and a half. He had 62 yards on the first touchdown drive. So, yeah, whiffed on that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen... Brady has looked shaky down the stretch all for all the comebacks and all the glory that he's had over the year. You're right. Maybe his age might be catching up with him a little bit. Plus, the Rams' defense has come on as of late. They, they hands down, probably have the best football player defensively in all of the sport in Aaron Donald. And right. then they've probably got the best corner cover in Jalen Ramsey, albeit, you know, the way we feel about Jalen Ramsey. Right, but. so when they got those guys, it makes other guys, you yeah. know... Of course, everyone else gets hyped up, and then they just well, kind of. I'm saying get... everyone else gets better because if you're playing next to Aaron Donald, obviously you're you're not going to see double teams. He's going to see double exactly. teams. If you're playing across the field from Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. You don't got to cover the best receiver. He covers the best receiver. So, you know, uh, those guys are having, and you know, the Rams paid uh, these guys significantly, and lucky for them, they've been healthy, and you know what they've been doing is working so far. So. We'll see if it continues to work. We'll see if they can uh, make the playoffs, uh, win the division, and host the playoff game. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of NFC teams I was wrong on, the Eagles, I'm now convinced. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now you're convinced? (laughs) Are just not going to come around. Um, I don't know they're going to win the NFC East. Every team in the NFC East has three wins. Yeah, I was going to say, after Washington... In the 12th week of football. After Washington and Dallas won, suddenly we have ourselves a division race. How bad is that? You know what's funny? I was listening to uh, a Bill Simmons podcast, and I have to give him credit, which uh, this actually made me laugh. He's like, imagine if you were like uh, Tom Hanks and Castaway or something, right? Yeah. And you, uh, you're on a desert island for like four or five years. And then you come back and uh, you start watching football this year. And you're like, oh, what did I miss when I was away? You'd be like, hey, um, you know Doug Peterson? The guy that always does stupid shit and makes bad decisions and goes for it on two and whatever. He won a Super Bowl with uh, Nick Foles. Like, wait, Nick Foles? The guy in the Bears that 
you know, can't get his act together and is terrible. He's like, yeah. Oh, and they beat Brady and Belichick. Wait, what? Like, just watch, like, just just isolate the 2020 season and everything we've seen from Doug Peterson and Nick Foles. And then think back three years that these guys actually beat Belichick and Brady in a Super Bowl. It's like, and I know Frank Reich was there. So maybe Frank Reich's like the best offensive coordinator, coach, assistant, whatever of all time. Mm -hmm. But that just made me laugh that if you were, you know, actually... Uh, you know, Tom Hanks and Castaway are an example like that where you hadn't watched football in like four or five years and knew absolutely nothing. You're like, wait a second, these two guys won a Super Bowl together? How the mm-hmm. hell did that happen? Yeah, exactly, right? And then, you know, the Browns, say what you want, with the Ravens struggling, they, they're they going to be in the playoffs. They're 7-3, and three, and they still got the uh, Giants, Jets, and Jags on their schedule. So, um, you know... They'll at least go two and one in those games, if not three and zero. Oh. And the only other team in the NFC that has three wins is the Falcons. Nice. Which, which means the last place Niners, the last place Vikings, or Detroit Lions in their respective divisions would be in first place in the NFC East. How pathetic is that? Mm. Yeah, pretty bad. But the Giants are coming off of a two-game win streak, and uh, they smell blood in the water with the ginger kitties and an injured uh, cat this weekend. So uh, look out look out for the G-men. Kevin called it on the pod here a few weeks ago. I did. That was, I mean, I'm not going to say I was right about it. There's a lot of football left, but... We are the only team in our division who has a um, winning record in our division. Although... Yeah. That's not, that's not really saying much. So, um, So last thing from last week... Who do you think is in more trouble, the Packers or the Ravens? Um, the Ravens. A, because the Ravens have one more loss and one less win than the Packers do. And they are... So, so the Packers are basically sitting behind the Saints. Nobody else has a better record than them. Okay, so, you know, the Saints lose one week, the Packers... sitting behind the Rams, too. No, they're all they're seven and three as well. Oh well. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm saying better record. Okay, okay, okay. I'm talking playoff. Okay, so, teams, so but go ahead. yeah, so that's um, so that's that. In the AFC, you've already got the Steelers who are undefeated. They got ten wins. You've already lost to them once. So even if you even if you beat them on well, it's not going to be Thursday night now. It's going to be Sunday because of the rampant COVID outbreak in the uh, Ravens locker room. Um, that game got moved. And then you got the, uh, oh yeah, by the way, you got the defending champ, um, Kansas City Chiefs, who are 9-1. And then you got the two guys in the AFC, the uh, Colts and the Titans, who are 7-3 and three and have a better record than you, and you lost to the Titans. So I think, without a doubt, it's Baltimore. And the fact that, I mean, listen, are you going to seriously sit here and compare Aaron Rodgers to Lamar Jackson? No. No, but here's the thing about the Packers, and you know this is another uh, obvious pick. I feel like everyone and their mother, including myself... And Ryan last week were on the Packers mm-hmm. plus two. I mean, like, they should have won how, that game. How can the Packers be getting points? And it's like, I know they're on the road, but, you know, home field advantage this year with no fans is a little bit different. And, you know, the Packers are um, a little bit more of a finesse team. They should play well in a dome. You know, it almost suits them well. And sure enough, uh, you know, like they were I given said, the dome. The more you know, the more you don't know. And. They blew the 28-14 halftime lead. Turnovers, fumbles in overtime. I mean, 
Kev, they and didn't. The, they didn't the, just the, blow that my, lead. My my one concern with the Packers, as it always is, is when they play physical teams, they get pushed around, and the Colts are a physical team. Now they were up twenty eight fourteen, but in the second half, it's like it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. Uh, he didn't play. You know, the Colts controlled the clock. Well, okay. the Packers' defense was getting pushed around. No, no, no. they they had a possession. They went three plays, six yards, punt. Then the Colts scored a touchdown. Then they got another possession, three plays, four yards, punt. And then the next one, when they uh, kicked off, the freaking Packers guy fumbled it. So it's like, I don't mean... Yeah, I don't, I'm not, that's why I said I'm not blaming Aaron Rodgers. But, but, but no, look, but, but he had at, two but, possessions. But look at the Colts' possessions. How many? How long were they? Yeah, the Colts had a seven-minute drive with a field goal. And then right, they had that's a four, half a quarter. They had a four-minute drive with a touchdown, and they had a four-minute drive with a field goal. And then they had another two-minute drive with a field goal. But the fact is, right, I mean, so listen, seven, four, you four two, are... 21 minutes. I understand, yeah, exactly. I understand the Colts, but Aaron Rodgers had the ball. They had three plays, six yards. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Hello, you're like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You can't move the ball a little bit. Devontae Adams is back. Don't sit here and tell me that you don't have anybody to throw to. Aaron Jones played. You got Jamal Williams also. I know the Colts' defense is good, but come on. I mean, I don't know if it was the play calling or the, the fact that they you know, wanted to be conservative because they were up by two touchdowns at half. It just but, reconf- like, come on. Like, w- w- what are you doing? It just reconfirmed my thoughts on the Packers where, you know, I thought they were good and they lost to the Bucks, And I'm like, oh, yeah, they can't play physical teams. Then they win a couple more games and then they lose to the Colts. And it's like, oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure they win a couple more games. They barely up. beat the Jaguars at home the week before. Yeah. Well, they got a <laughs> punt return touchdown. Yeah, I don't know. It just... <sighs> I think the Ravens are in more trouble because they have more injuries. And I feel like... I'm not going to say they're the Wildcat. you, you got to fix Lamar Jackson. I was going to say, I'm not going to say they're the Wildcat, but uh, I feel like their offense was a little gimmicky. Not gimmicky. Uh, yeah, it's Greg I'll, Roman. I'll say unique, and obviously I feel like the league has caught up to it, and Listen. They, they haven't developed Lamar into a drop-back passer, which, you know, the more unique things you see in the NFL, whether it's the Colin Kaepernick pistol, whether it's the Wildcat, whether it's the Lamar Jackson in this running offense, and you know, jumbo packages, two tight ends, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. The guys that win, generally speaking, are the guys that are drop back passers in the pocket. Now you do, you know, everyone's a lot well, more mobile, mobile. Yeah, but you can still but, throw. Yeah, but yes. you can still but, lead your team back as we saw from the Chiefs this. over and over and over last playoffs. You heard this a few weeks ago. Lamar Jackson said uh, defensive players are calling out our plays at the line. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, you're audibleing, they're audibleing. They may, maybe they can kind of see something. I mean, d- don't be blaming it. But, I mean, my father-in-law who has been on the pod a couple times. Uh, Greg Roman used to be the O coordinator for the Niners. And he thinks yep. that he's awful, and he's the same guy who's doing that. So uh, for for the Ravens currently, so I mean, maybe you look to him that it you know it might be partly his pro, uh, fault or what's going on. But I feel like Lamar, I feel like Lamar doesn't have a lot of confidence once things start to go bad. I mean, I, I can't remember. You know how every time you see the quarterbacks pop out uh, in the fourth quarter, and they usually show so and so has X amount of game winning drives or yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I, I don't remember ever seeing a stat for Lamar Jackson on how many fourth quarter overtime drives he's had coming back because you well, know they, the they, fact they of the matter were, is they, they were up a lot last year. Yeah so he's I, I don't listen I don't Lamar Jackson is a nice Lamar Jackson's a nice quarterback to have for fantasy points because he adds in a lot of rushing yards as well. But I mean he's not exactly the guy that you want in a tough spot. And now he's sitting here saying that they're calling our plays out. Like yeah, I mean maybe um the Colts were another team like the Rams and the Saints that I was wrong on. I mean, maybe I should... I don't know, man. I feel like uh, I'm going to stick to my guns and continue to fade these older quarterbacks, but 
I, I think they played well recently, and you look at, you know... You were fading an older quarterback with Phillip Rivers, I mean, who's literally the, the, like three years older than Aaron Rodgers. It's like 36, 39. Phillip Rivers drafted in 04, Aaron Rodgers drafted in 05. How, how far apart could they be? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Were they, was he like, was one guy a fifth-year senior and the other guy was a junior? Yeah, I don't know. Um... Yeah, I, what I was saying about the Colts was, like, they're winning, and, you know, Rivers is looking good, and their, you know, their skill positions aren't anything to ride home about. T.Y., the corpse of T.Y. Hilton actually had a few catches last week. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor hasn't really worked out. Uh, Michael Pittman has actually started to come on a little bit. Uh, you want to talk about problems? Baltimore is third in their own freaking division because the Browns are 7-3. and three, Yeah. And they're eighth. They're not even in the playoffs right now, Baltimore. Yeah, so let's talk about the playoffs a little bit. It's funny. I, I feel like uh, we'll get to the NFC in a second. I feel like the NFC's kind of been established, but I feel like the AFC, you know, we, we, we kind of always said they're obviously be the four division winners and Baltimore. We kind of always put Baltimore in there, and now obviously they've lost, what, three out of four? Mm-hmm. And... Now, obviously, you can't. So last week, there were all those six and three teams. Some of them won, some of them lost. So um, you got who? Tennessee and Indy are playing this week. They're both seven and three. Cleveland's seven and three. Vegas is six and four. And I guess that's tiebreakers over Baltimore and Miami, also at six and four. So uh, two of these teams are going to be left out of the party. Yeah, it says base, it says wins tiebreak over Miami and Baltimore yeah. based on best win percentage who, in conference games. Who do you think the two guys left out will be out of what Miami Baltimore Cleveland and Las Vegas yeah I mean I I think obviously this is kind of a lame prediction but I think it's going to stick to the way it is because I still think the Dolphins are a year away despite how well they are um and you know I think the Ravens the arrows just continues to point down. I'd have to look and, uh, at uh, remaining schedules, yeah, but and their injuries for uh, all intensive are, purposes are starting to really add up. I'd have to look at um yes down the, but all, for all intensive purposes I'm going to say Cleveland and uh, Miami would be the two left out. A because Cleveland has been the well, benefactor just, of like two or three home games where the weather has been absolutely atrocious and they couldn't do anything well, outside well, of running. And what does Cleveland do the best with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is run the ball. But they did lose one of those games to the Raiders. Yes, but they also in, in won. crappy conditions. Yeah, the Raiders I, I are one of those teams. You, the, you, you know, it's hard to bet on. You never know if they're going to show out or shit the bed. Yeah, and um, I you know I think there's twenty years of incompetent Raider history built up, maybe not 20, maybe 15 years of incompetent Raider history built up that, uh, you know, you have a hard time doubting them. And John Gruden, you know, kind of old school. Yep. But I think Las Vegas will decide this because, you know, I looked at some schedules and they already beat Cleveland, like I just mentioned, and they still play Indy and Miami. So obviously those games will be uh, very important. And then believe it or not, the Jets can shake things up because the Jets still play Miami this weekend. They still play Vegas, and they still play Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you think shitty teams don't shake things up, but, you know, last year Miami beat New England Week 17. New England had to play the first weekend of the playoffs instead of getting the bye. New England had to play Tennessee. We all know what happened in that game, and away we went. Mm-hmm. If New England took care of Miami last year, which you would have thought would have happened, the 3-6 matchup in the playoffs would have been 
the Chiefs and the Titans, which ended up being our AFC Championship game. So uh, funny how these little quirky things work out. And, you know, who knows if the Patriots would have won a game if they got a bye. And no buys this weekend. So on and so forth. Yeah. But there's two teams that have 11 games played already, which yeah, is the, the Bucks and the Panthers. So yeah, they're they got a bye next week. Why do they do that? Um, because they normally have one game on Thursday and then four teams on a bye this year. This week they have three games on Thursday, which is well, obviously now down to two. But yeah. uh, I guess that's why. Huh. Hmm. Okay. So... I think it's going to stay the way it is just based upon some of the stuff like that with schedules. and. All right. Uh, it'll be interesting. I kind of like the uh, seven playoff teams now. I was a little against it, but... Yeah. It's interesting. It's a change from what we usually have. I mean, obviously this year has basically been a change from what we all normally experience and usually have. So uh, let's see where it goes. Let's see what happens. And, you know, we'll make our suggestions afterwards. Yeah, let's uh, jump to the NFC real quick before we jump into this week. So, uh, New Orleans, L.A., Green Bay, whoever wins the NFC East. (laughs) And then we got Seattle, Tampa Bay, Arizona. I was saying a couple weeks ago that I thought those those Ram-Cardinal games would be of significance. But with the way the Bears have fallen off. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I thought the Vikings were going to make a little run here. And then they lost to Dallas last week. So Yeah. I think we pretty much have our seven. It just kind of comes down to seeding, unless you the think... The Rams uh, are second right now. Unless you think... That's uh, crazy. I know that's what I was saying when you were talking about uh, the Packers and yeah, yeah. being behind the Saints, but, I mean, unless you think the Bears or the Vikings are going to get back in it, which, you know, I don't see happening. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't you, see anyone else in the NFC making a run, so like I said, I think we have our seven. It's just a matter of how the seeding works out. Yeah. It, I, it'll be interesting to see if any teams uh, tank quote-unquote, tank, to finish with the first wild card and play the NFC East. I, I've heard that as a oh, uh, God. a hot talking point <laughs> this, this week. This is crazy. I can't even think about all that. So I don't think anyone's going to lose on purpose, but if the, you know... Let's if they say, have let, the option say, to... I was going to say, let's say the Bucks, uh, you know, finish behind the Saints and get that first wild card. Yeah, might why? Be, might be an easy, easier path for them than if they were second and had to play, you know, the Rams or something. I'm sorry, uh, the second wild card. So what is that? Sixth. And then had to play the Rams or the Packers. So we'll see. A lot, a lot of football left. Um, so we're down to two games tomorrow. Yes. Marquee matchups. Everyone's under 500. It's going to be close. Any... Uh... Best bets for you? No best bets uh, with any of these two games, but I say we give the uh, the people what they want and throw out our picks, Kev. What do you think? Texans at Lions. Houston's favored by three. Your choice. I'm going to say Texans. Wow, I am going the opposite. I am going to say Lions home on Turkey Day. I feel like I was at my, uh, my wife's grandparents' house a few years ago when the Texans played the Lions on Thanksgiving. I wish I knew the outcome of that. Now, that just, it just reminded me that those two played each other. If we only had the internet. Oh, my God, I know. I guess I'm going to have to call up Matt. the Texans stuff. ever playing on Thanksgiving. Uh, I can guarantee if you Google it on your internet-based box there, uh, just, put, uh, just put Lions Thanksgiving Day games or something, and then it'll show you a list. And I guarantee they played the Texans. Uh, I, I want to say the Texans won, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I think that uh, the Lions, 
I don't know. I just have a feeling. You know when you just have a feeling, Kev? Yeah, I mean... Uh, that, that doesn't always mean it's going to be correct, but... I mean, they just got shut out last week against the Panthers on the road. Barely beat Washington the week before, and then had lost by two touchdowns to the Vikings. So, I just feel like, you know, maybe it's time for them to, you know, show up and play a decent game. Yeah, I just think the arrow is, you know, I've already used this saying, but I just think the arrow is pointing down for this team. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm looking at their wins they got, now. They got... They, you know, they got Kenny Galladay. I don't know what the full injury report looks like because obviously I didn't do too much research because I didn't bet this game. But Kenny Galladay was out. Amendola was out. Swift was out with a concussion. Stafford's got a banged up thumb. I don't know what the team thinks about Matt Stafford. And, you know, the Texans aren't great, but obviously they uh, beat New England last week. I feel like the Texans might be a little underrated because of that brutal schedule that we talked about to start the season. Yeah. With, uh, you know. know, Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers. I, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt when I when I heard that, too. Um, but, they, I mean, they lost to the Browns in Cleveland. They barely beat the Jaguars by two. They got blown out by the Packers, who you're kind of wishy-washy on. They beat the Titans. I'm sorry, the Titans beat them. So, yeah, I mean, listen, they've lost to a lot of good teams. You're right. Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers, well, the Vikings, maybe not so much. But the Packers and then the, and then the Browns. I mean, even the Browns. We've got to start giving the Browns a little bit of credit. They're 7-3. and three. I mean, you can only beat the teams that they put in front of you, right? Uh, November 22nd of 2012, the Texans beat the Lions 34-31 in overtime. Okay, see? That, that was the same right. day of the butt fumble. Oh, Wow. Oh man, Mark Sanchez! Shout out to Mark Sanchez. <laughs> and whose butt was it? Was it Damian Woody? Uh, I can't remember. Who? It, it makes no difference. Not concerned about the dude's butt. Nope, nor am I. Um. So yeah. All right. Fine. Then we have a head to head. Then you are taking Houston, and I am taking Detroit with the three. What about the? What about the later window of a battle? The battle for first in the NFC East. Whoever wins this game is technically going to be in first place in the NFC East. Um, I'll go Dallas. I'm, going, line, with two, I'm going two favorites. The line is square of me. The line is three. I don't know. Have the Redskins impressed you? No, they haven't. I'm sorry. It's the Dubs, and uh, no, not in the least. So you're going Dallas too? Yeah, I'll go Dallas too. I mean, just home on Turkey Day. Maybe Ginger, the Ginger Cannon, will lead them to two straight wins. So you think whoever plays home on Turkey Day is going to win? Because that was just the same thing you said for the first game. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, moving into uh, last week's bets. Now, before we get there, um, you know, you and I, before the pods are talking about the slate this week in general, there are so many road favorites, which always concerns me because you get into money line parlays or teasers. So I'm going to throw a laundry list of teams at you. So try to focus and, and listen because. Okay, I like the, laundry the, list of teams. So there's a lot of teams. Who would you say is most likely to ruin your weekend uh, with either... If you bet on or against them? No, no, if you bet on them as a road favorite. Oh, okay. This weekend? This weekend specifically. Sure. Um, whether it's a money line thing or, you know, you tease them down, all they have to do is win and then they still lose. So, there's a list. Okay. I see. 
Uh, Raiders at Falcons. Well, what about the Giants at Bengals? Then there's a list. Oh, I'm sorry. Giants come up first on my on my home screen because I'm a fan. Okay. Sure. Yes, Raiders at Falcons. Raiders at Falcons. Uh, Giants laying five and a half at Cincy. Mm-hmm. Cards laying three in New England. Mm-hmm. Miami laying three uh, against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Cleveland laying seven uh, at Jacksonville. New Orleans laying six in Denver, which you talked about earlier. It's a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. KC laying three and a half in Tampa. Or the Seahawks laying six in Philly. So which team do you think that I would feel most confident betting on that would completely crap the bed? Yeah, which team would you uh, do you think is most likely to, I guess, lose this weekend? Because you know not all of them are going to win. No, absolutely not. I mean, and cover the spread either. But if you're talking straight wins. Straight up lose. Like, let's say you tease. Like, most of these are yeah. six, seven. I mean, there's a couple three and a half. So let's say you tease all these teams down. Good. Which one still burns you? God, you're not going to want to hear this, but it's probably going to be the Giants. Think about this. They're going into play an inferior team without their starting quarterback. I mean, and they're coming off two straight wins and a bye. If nothing else flop on your face more than the Giants ruining that, I, you know, mean, I, I don't know I was, what does. I was curious to see the Giants come out of a bye because historically they suck. But, I mean, obviously new coach, new regime. You can't tell me right, right. just because the Giants are bad in 2005, you know, they're going to be bad in 2020. Um. My pick's Cleveland. Yeah, well, I, I, I absolutely though. I mean, they're one and nine, and Cleveland's seven and three. I figured the spread might be a little bigger than seven, depend. You know, considering well, they just the records. that Mike Glennon is. Uh, they're dusting off Mike Glennon. Oh my start for god! Jackson. I remember so, Mikey Glennon. I mean, I don't know if you know Luton threw up three points, played the Steelers last week. I mean, I don't know what you really expected, but yeah. Someone took the plus ten and a half. Right. But uh, <laughs> not pointing any fingers. I, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know if putting Mike Glennon in is better, worse, or no difference. Well, if they put Mike Glennon in and then Mike Glennon beats the beats Baker and the boys, then then yeah, that's going to be even worse. But I'm going to stick with uh, my Giants pick. There's no reason whatsoever that the Giants, the way they've been playing, and the fact that Burrow blew his leg out last week going to Cincy. Uh, there's there's no reason that the Giants shouldn't win this game. So that would be my pick. Um, yeah, for heartbreaker. I mean, <laughs> New Orleans at Denver. I don't know why I'm always hating on New Orleans, but my my logic is that, you know, remember a couple years ago when uh, Tom Brady was suspended and the Texas, well, for the Deflate Gate. Yes, and the uh, Patriots won uh, a Thursday night game with Jacoby Brissett when we had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. We were actually in Vegas for my bachelor party. Yes. Yes. I remember you and Ryan talked about that. And correction, Ryan, not everybody there was on Texans. I stood away from it because no matter what happens, if I bet honor against the Patriots, yeah. I lose. But yes, collectively, there was a lot of money lost at our party on that game. Yeah, so the next week, the Patriots lost to, I think, the Bills because you know I feel like they kind of won with Jacoby Brissett on Smoke and Mirrors. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think Taysom Hill might be better, and I think... Then Brissett? I'm, yeah. Okay. Well, he could be. I don't know what he is. But that's my point. It, it could just be a little smoke and mirrors last week with, you know, the Falcons didn't really know what to expect. And Well, I mean, you kind of did. You knew that they were going to run a lot of wildcats. Right, but you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have tape on them. 
I mean, he comes in for, what, a handful of snaps a game. You didn't know if they were going to try to do a drop-back pass game, if they were going to do a lot of play action, if they were going to use him as a runner like they have been. Right. You know, Kamara was pretty quiet last week, so uh, they were probably gaming on him, and then either it wasn't there so the Saints adjusted or the Saints, you know, rope-a-doped them and, and didn't feature Kamara as the focal point of the offense with Michael Thomas back. So yeah, uh, I, I'm just saying you don't know what you're going to get week from week, so is it still new and can it fool Denver, or, you know, Vic Fangio being a defensive coach, will he have something prepared based upon what he saw last week? <laughs> I don't know, but... I'm not even overly concerned about that. I'm more concerned with, is Drew Locke, is Cameron Jordan going to be all over Drew Locke's ass all game, and is he going to be throwing interceptions? Hopefully not, but you never know. Do you have the Chiefs and Bucks as one of your best bets? I do... Way? Yes, Maybe. Well, just tell me, because I want to talk about the game, but if you're going to talk yes. about it and when, in your picks... I do. Okay, then we'll, we'll wait there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, last week I went 0-3, and mm-hmm. I uh, missed my parlay, so... Tough one. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, last week I took three uh, underdogs, and then I laid the 7.5 with the Chiefs, which, once again, was the most obvious bet. I don't have to tell you all the angles, but I will because I'm bitter. Andy read off a bye, revenge game. The Chiefs haven't played a great game yet. Uh, you know, there's probably other stuff that I'm missing. Everyone on their mother was on the Chiefs, whether it was six, six and a half, it got up to eight, seven and a half, whatever. And sure enough, I, I don't think there was ever a point in that game where they were covering. Guess who else was on that game? Your brother. Yep. So. so- huh? I managed to squeak out one win with Tennessee, albeit in overtime on the road. Um, Once that game went to overtime, I knew I was good because I had it at six and a half. Although Atlanta, crapped the bed, plus five. Casey, crapped the bed. Well, of course, Casey won, but I didn't, which is what I hate the most. And I went 0 for 2 on my parlay because I went Minnesota minus 7 and under 48. And Dallas won by 3, and it went way over 48. So... It was a so, rough week. So I try not to overthink it this week, and I tried to swallow. Well, you know what? I, not swallow my bias. Just stay away from it. So that means no uh, Saints, Falcons, Bears. Uh, who else? Oh, the other team that should be on your list, the Rams. Rams, yes. Nope. Bucks. They're all. They're all not here. Okay. Uh, so let's get into best bets. Yeah, so who do you like this week, Kev? I'll let you go first, even though I had one more win than you last week. Thanks. And, <laughs> you know, the more I think about this, the more I think it's the wrong side. However, I thought I was on the right side with everyone and their mother in the media last week, so mm-hmm. I'm sticking with my guns here, and I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders, laying three in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, we just talked about them in the last segment as the team that will... <laughs> Wait a minute, I thought you just said you weren't betting honor against the Falcons. Uh, I'm trying not to overthink it. <laughs> I didn't. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin is going against a cardinal rule that he has set again. He spent, he's taking the Rams next. Go ahead. I took the Falcons last week, so it's not like I'm only. It's not like I'm uh, anti-Falcons here. Yep. I think Sunday night showed us that the Raiders are actually good. Uh, John Gruden, I feel like does good with playing ball control and keeping his, uh, you know, I'll say below average defense off the field. And I like their offense. You know, if you're an Eagles fan, you're probably looking at Nelson Aguilar and being like, why couldn't he do that for us? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Raiders do just enough to get this uh, get this W. And I, I think the Falcons are kind of uh, 
I don't know how their morale is, right? Like, they were obviously terrible with Dan Quinn. He's gone. Come out with Raheem Morris, win a couple games, and then last week you were flat. Julio's banged up. Calvin Ridley's banged up. Matt Ryan doesn't look the same. Uh, I I don't know what the Falcons really have left to play for and, you know, what their kind of plan is going forward. I feel like they missed an opportunity to push reset by trying to trade some of these guys at the deadline. But, you know, I feel like their window's closed. They had a nice run. You know, they went to the Super Bowl. The next year they had that tough game in Philly. And they've kind of just been all downhill uh, ever since then with, you know, eight and eight, seven and nine seasons. Uh, I think it's time to move on. And I like the Raiders continuing to make a playoff push and obviously playing on the road in a dome. All right. In friendly circumstances against the lackluster defense. So give me the Raiders laying the three. He's all about it. He is all about it. Okay, my first bet this week, I'm headed back to the well, the only well that actually produced some water for me last week, and I am taking Tennessee Titans plus three. And I know you're probably thinking, Kev, ooh, I don't like that. But let me drop some knowledge on you. I do like that. Tennessee plus three. A. I think it's three and a half, man. Okay, then give me the, give me the hook. Uh, let me double check. Go ahead. A, it's a division game. What do I always say? Division games are typically closer. What happened the last time we did the pod? The last time you and I did the pod together two weeks ago, what happened? The Colts played against Tennessee on Thursday Night Football and Tennessee, and the Colts rolled them. Bad. Like, 34-17 bad. Um, They were embarrassed. Now they're going to Indy looking to get revenge. Indy's coming off an emotional win, as you alluded to earlier, behind uh, a comeback win for the Packers. Um, both teams coming in at seven and three. So despite the fact that they are on the road, they're still going to be looking to win this game to, uh, you know, get ahead of Indy in that division. Uh, good teams in the same division usually split the season series. And as I mentioned, the Colts won the first time in convincing fashion in Tennessee's building. I think Tennessee's going to return the favor. Give me Tennessee plus three and a half, or is it just three? Uh, pull it up. I don't know. Let's take a look. These lines change so much, ladies and gentlemen. You have to see, depending on which side of the ball you're wagering on, you have to see when you I'm can get I'm just trying to give you the best of the number because uh, you and I could both use Yeah, a little, help a little help. Struggling here with the internet tonight. I don't know what's going on. There's someone on the phone. Uh, do you have dial Oh, my up? God, yeah, it's dial-up. Remember that? Oh, my God, do you remember that? Oh, look what they're doing now. They got the little, uh, they got the emblems. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, anyway. Man. Our dad uh, used to pick up I'll, the phone I'll get us. into uh, <laughs> my second pick. Well, Dan takes uh, uh, no, it's a, just three. a record time here to uh, just look at the spread. Okay. Plus three. I am taking the Jets plus Whoa. seven. Whoa. Don't look now, Dan. But the Jets Whoa. have actually been competitive, covering three <laughs> out of their last four. I have it at six and a half, but if you want the seven, I'll give it to you. Oh, seven. I did the research last night, so I'm taking <laughs> seven. If it's benefiting you that way, sure. Go ahead. Tell me why, Kev. Why have the Jets been playing better lately? Because I covered three of their last four. Oh, they, after being the second to last team not to cover a game all season? They should have beaten New England a couple weeks ago. Uh, they backdoor covered uh, last week with the Chargers. And I think the team actually looks better with Falco than Darnold, which... Falco, like it's uh, the replacements. Flacco. Um, and 
as I mentioned earlier in the pod, I feel like the Dolphins were a little smoke and mirrors with all that defense and special teams uh, scoring and setting up. And I'll be curious to see how Tua bounces back. So give me the Jets plus seven. Okay. Is Flacco still playing? Is I, just, still- I just said that. He is. I'm sorry. I was doing some research. Best bet number two. I was going to say, are you picking your best bets now, or do you have them? No, no, no. I was just looking at some uh, some numbers, as they do tend to change. Okay. Trying to make sure that I'm getting the best of what I'm doing. So, my second bet of the weekend is going out to the mile high and taking Denver plus the six. Taysom Hill looked decent last week in his first professional start at home, um, albeit against a weak division opponent. Now he's traveling across the country to play in altitude, and they need to win by at least seven to cover. I'm taking Denver. Completely different animal out there. New Orleans has covered. This is this is a fun stat. New Orleans has covered three straight games in a row, which brings their overall record on the year to four and five against the spread, which means they started out the season at one and five against the spread. And I just don't think that they're going to continue to cover every spread each and every week. Again, this is professional football, and despite the fact that some teams are abysmal, like the Jets, um, I think it's going to be closer than the six. Um, or so who Denver didn't cover? No, 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 no. New Orleans has covered three straight games this oh, year. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I mean, bet, judging by the scores, uh, unless they were a 10-point favorite in some of them. Um, going against the Saints for a second week in a row, hoping for a different result. Give me Denver plus six. Okay. My third best bet. I'm doing it, Dan. I'm jumping the deep end. Do I'm it. Taking the Giants, laying five and a half. Interesting. Tell me why. I don't have a handicap. I just taken the Giants. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the emblems went away. You know, part of my uh, pick was how bad Ryan Finley was, and then news broke to that they're playing Brandon Allen. Ooh, real quick. Sorry, I don't want to. I know you're looking at me like this guy interrupts me constantly. It's showing Everyone Denver six and a half. Can I get the half? Sure. All right, I'm getting the half, ladies and gentlemen. The official pick is Dan or Denver <laughs> plus six and a half. Six and a half. We don't like ties here on the the Rambler and the Gambler. So, anytime there's a hook, we're taking it. So, Giants, the Giants have won two in a row, coming off a bye. They're right in the thick of the division race. <laughs> Why is that so funny? It's true because they're all three and seven. Whatever, dude. That is that is the thick they're division rebuilding. race. They're year ahead of schedule. Yeah, apparently. I want to throw out some Ryan Finley stats, guys. I thought they were fun. Do it. He's so bad that after putting him in last year, they actually went back to Andy Dalton, the guy <laughs> who replaced <laughs> He has a career completion percentage of 45%. On Sunday, in relief of Joe Burrow, he went 3 for 10 with 4 sacks and a pick. He could be Luke Falk bad. He gets sacked 13% of the time. He drops back to pass. Last year, he put up 13, 10, and 10 points. Unfortunately, he's not playing this week. Uh, but... Brandon Allen was on the practice squad and couldn't beat out Ryan Finley for the backup job this year. So how good could he be? Wait, this is not the same guy from Carolina. That's Kyle Allen. That's Kyle Allen. Allen. Brandon Allen played a couple games for Denver last year before Drew Locke came in at the end of the year. Oh, man. Remember last year they had all the Allens? Brandon Allen, Josh Allen, Kyle Allen. Somebody just picked up Trevor Simeon, too, I saw. 
That's their problem. So, <laughs> Giants are playing better. I think they will be able to move the ball. I think their defense will play well against that banged-up offensive line. Give me the Giants. Okay. Uh, Your third pick. Third bet of the week. I am taking the Buffalo Bills, who circle the wagons better than any team in the league, minus five and a half. I almost feel guilty for picking this game because the Chargers couldn't even cover the spread last week at home against the winless Jets. Now they got to play the 7-3 and three Bills, who are coming off a bye, whose last vision of a football field is DeAndre Hopkins jumping over three Bills defenders to catch the Hale Murray. What better way to get back on track than having the hapless L.A. Chargers come into town with Anthony Lynn playing in the 1 o'clock window? Um, I think that they're going to, you know, obviously try to continue to win the games Buffalo is because they need to. Miami's hot on their tail, only one game back in the division, albeit way far back of the playoff hunt. Um, so give me Buffalo, five and a half home, beating up on the Chargers. Well, I'll roll right into my parlay. I have Buffalo as well, laying five and a half and over 53 and a half. Uh, I almost like the over a little bit more than the Bills. Not to say I dislike the Bills. Obviously, I'm picking them, but uh, the weather on Sunday in Buffalo looks good. So uh, both of these teams are averaging 27 points and giving up 27 points. So that puts me at 54, which is a half-point winner. Harry! Uh, obviously, if it was that cut and dry, everyone would be rich, right? Here but, we go. Here we go. Um, everything you just said, the Bills only lost to Tennessee and Casey in weird COVID situations and games that got moved. And then on the helm, Hail Murray, uh, as everyone has dubbed it. So... Uh, give me the Bills and the over 53 and a half. All right. I had a, you had asked me about this earlier, and I am going to talk about it briefly. Give Going back to the well again, give me the chance. You got a lot left in the well. Give me a chance, minus three and a half, and over 55. I know it's a lot of points. The experts will say, potential Super Bowl matchup. <laughs> I'll just say I'm expecting a shootout. KC offense can move the ball on anyone, as we know. The Tampa Bay has had some defensive struggles this year against good offenses, 38-3 to New Orleans. Brady and the offense are going to have to keep up in order to stay in this game. Neither team has looked all that great defensively as of late. So uh, give me the chance to continue winning and uh, to cover three and a half in a shootout over 55.5. Yeah, man, I feel like taking the under is just a lost cause these days. I was, uh, everyone was talking about the under for Monday Night Football with the uh, Bucks and Rams. And sure enough, it went over. Mm-hmm. I looked at the under and I was like, I'm just going to sit this one out. Yeah. Good, 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 good no Sometimes call in my it's better off just to keep your uh, money in your pocket. Yeah. So, uh, quick recap. I have the Raiders laying three, the Jets plus seven, and the Giants laying five and a half. Then I have the Bills laying five and a half and over 53 and a half for my parlay. Dan has the Titans plus three, the Broncos plus six and a half, and the Bills laying five and a half. So we have a double best bet, and Casey laying three and a half and over 55 for his parlay. So that is the picks for week number... And the Turkey Day recap? 12. Kev's got one road, one home. I've got two homes. Yes. Kevin's going both favorites. Dan's going uh, both both home teams. So uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoy the games. And we will talk to everyone next week. Stay safe. Don't see too much of your family. (laughs) (laughs) Take care.